all God's people said? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's cold outside, but we got warm hearts in here. Been warmed already. Good, good singing. Good to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? Here's where judgment begins, at the house of God. I'm going to invite you now to turn to two places in the Bible. First of all, uh, Romans chapter 11, turn there, and then to Genesis 39. Those two places, I'm going to try to lay a foundation first to the message that God has given us today. Uh, we have been studying now the life of David for quite a few weeks. Uh, I said David, the life of Joseph. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, you know, his, his biography takes up one-third of the book of Genesis. A lot said about him. He's the most Christ-like man in all the Word of God. Uh, we've been studying his destiny. And I want you to know, and I want to prove it to you, that God's got a destiny for every one of us. And I'm going to prove that to you from Romans chapter Romans chapter 11, if you would. Romans 11. And I want to read verse number 29. Romans eleven twenty-nine. The scripture says, For the gifts, that's plural now, the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Now what does that mean? That means while we was yet in our mother's womb, while we were being formed, that God had a, he, he has this calling and gifts for us. Yeah. And we'll know them the day that we're saved. When we get saved, uh, and after that call to come to Him, then we start that pilgrimage toward our destiny, going from faith to faith, from light to more light. Yeah. And, and, and we will discover our destiny. It will unfold before us. After all, he says, the steps of a good man is ordered by the Lord. And that's what we've been doing. We've been following the life of Joseph. And we got his destiny. From the time he was 17 years old till he died at 110 years old. We've got his, we've got his uh, record here in, in the Bible. And so, we, we read these stories in the Bible, in the Old Testament, but it don't, it don't bring out truths that we need to know about that life. We have to go to the New Testament. So, the Old Testament stories, the Bible, Paul said, are written for our admonition. Uh, to whom the ends of the earth has come. So, we have to... Search out these stories in the Old Testament, and uh, and and God so arranged it. We got to see and got to knock and to understand. All right, so that's what we're doing. So we have studied his life of Joseph. Y'all remember that uh, he jo Joseph at age seventeen went through a dramatic experience of being uh, put in a pit by his brother. Now, Joseph, Joseph had a problem. He, he had a pride problem. And, uh, but I'm going to tell you, when he was put in that pit, 
and, and, and all the joy that took place from his brothers letting him know you little runt you have a what do you mean we uh, got to bow down to you and them dreams he had and wearing that coat <laughs> but I'll tell you what when he was in that pit he was half under his real daddy's name Austin and and now he's he's dependent upon God I mean, de- fully dependent on God. And so that pride was gone. He learned his lesson. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe I did provoke my brothers to put me in this pit because of the way I acted and the way I done. But he was a changed man. And so I want you to know something. God's got a pit for every one of us. We're going to have trials. We're going to be put. David said, I was in a pit of miry clay. <laughs> but he lifted me up and set my feet on a rock and established my going. Yes. So we're going to have those things. So we know that. Now, last message we preached here that he was already brought down to Egypt and sold as a slave into Potiphar's house. Potiphar was a high officer of the Pharaoh. And so he was a rich man and he become a a slave in his household there in Egypt. And it is here in that we learned about stewardship. Now, folks, uh, we learned some divine principles. Now, principle, that's what we want to know. When you understand the principles of God, they alter not. They will never change. And so these principles we, we, we see in this story that, that to, be, to be a good steward, to be over, you got to be under. So if you're going to be an overcomer over circumstances, you're going to have to be under authority. And we, we, we showed you that in Scripture after Scripture last Sunday. Remember that centurion that was, had men under him, and, but he was under and he recognized Jesus was under God, that he could do what he could do. So, a divine principle. So therefore, we must learn the word submit. Amen. We talked about that. Submitting. Wives, submit yourself to your husband. Husbands, submit yourself to Christ. And no problem with a wife to submit herself to her husband if he submits himself to Christ. Because he's going to love his wife like Christ loved the church. And so, slaves are to submit yourself to the masters. Servants, submit yourself uh, to your masters, it says. Not as with eye service as men pleasers, but in the fear of the Lord. So we're to submit for Jesus' sake. Submit to your boss men at work. Submit yourself one to another. It's a divine principle, okay? All right, now we're going to continue this stewardship on something that's touchy this morning. (laughs) And it's going to be about stewardship, about sexual stewardship. Because here, there's a temptation that's going to be presented to young Joseph. One of the strongest temptations that's known to man. (laughs) It's strong. And uh, and so let's, let's go ahead and read the text and I asked you all to be there at Genesis 39. Let's start with verse number 7. 
And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wotteth not what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he hath to my hands. Boy, that's good stewardship, isn't it? There is none greater in this house than I. Neither has he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And it came to pass... As she spake to Joseph day by day that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with him. And it came to pass about that time that Joseph went into the house to do his business and there was none men that is in the house there within. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the reading of your word. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that, that we would tune in to God and tune out the things of the world now. And Lord, and, 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 and see what you want us to see. And feel what you want us to feel, Lord. I ask this in Jesus' name for his sake. Amen. Now, I want to remind you in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and read that to you. We read this last week, but I want to read it again. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 1, it says, Let a man account of us as ministers of Christ. So we are accountable unto Christ as ministers. And we're all ministers. Well, the gift, every 16 gifts that God, that God gives man are ministering type gifts. It says, as stewards of the mysteries of God. So we're, not, we're stewards not only of material things and the doors that God opens to us, but we're, we're stewards of the things of God, the Word of God, how we act, react and react. Every day in our everyday lives and affairs and our chaste conversation that we, we're good steers. We're to be good steers over all things that God gives us. All right. And so, now, let me remind you that the Scripture says that if you're faithful in little things, you'll be, you'll be faithful in much. But if you're, if you're unjust in little things, you'll be in unjust in big things. And so, uh, God help us to understand that. Now, well... Now, I think we ought to stand in awe of Joseph because he passed the test. I call this the purity test. The purity test. And so, I, I'm thinking about the Sermon on the Mount. Chapter 5, verse 8 said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And my soul, think about the, brev the brevity of that right there. The, to be able to see God. Uh -huh. 
to see the invisible. Now we can see God. God now is, He's invisible. According to Numbers 23, verse 19, it says, God is not a man that He should lie, or the, or the Son of Man that He should repent. So, so God is invisible. He's a spirit. And we can see what He does. You can see His fingerprints everywhere. Look at creation. Who did all that? So, ladies and gentlemen, you can see God if you want to see Him. <laughs> oh Lord, and, and, and think about the providential things that happens. Who, who caused it? The invisible God. Now it's, it's amazing to me that he, that we're predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ, those that are saved, that He works all things together for good. So providence happens to us all the time. And it's a great day when you can see that. What caused this to happen? How did good come out of this? And so forth. So when you start seeing God, man, I'm going to tell you, life opened up like a book that you can see God. You become God conscious. And boy, when you get God conscious, you're not trouble conscious. A world conscious. But you're God conscious. And so you can take care of your heart. Your heart can become pure. And that's what God wants. He wants it. Blessed are the pure in heart. I looked the word up here. I want to know the root meaning of here. And it said it in the Bible dictionary and a Webster dictionary. It means without mixture. Pure means without mixture. It's pure. It ain't. <laughs> your heart can be in the foot in the world and foot in the church, in the kingdom of God. He wants you all the way. All the way into the kingdom of God without mixture. Not don't let this world get in and the war that's what really the war's at, but up here. The world's gonna appeal, entertain, draw your affections away from where it ought to be, because we're just passing through here. This ain't home. Our home's above. And that's where our affection ought to be. Not on this world. We can enjoy the world. I mean, God give us to 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 enjoy. But we're not to love it. We're to love God. Love God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And I'm going to tell you what. Romans 8, verse 14 to me, narrows things down. (laughs) Listen to this verse. As many. That narrows it down right there. As many as are led by the Spirit. They are the sons of God. So we're to be a spirit-led people. Yes. And the spirit that leads you, he'll open doors for you. Jesus said, I'm the door. Yes. To the, I'm the door to the sheepfold to be saved. Right. Same door. Same door going out to your pastor that constitutes your living, your service, your job, your life. And so he opens doors for you to serve him. And we... You know, as we have opportunity, uh, let us do good to all people, but especially those of the household of faith. One another, loving one another and doing for one another. We're to do that. And so, God help us to understand that. Joseph, he he succumbed to this temptation and uh, he over... And and, and the key to me is picking them up and putting them down. <laughs> he fled. <laughs> he left that. He left his coat in her hand. 
Better lose a coat than your conscience. <laughs> you know? So, and I'm going to tell you what. Now, we in our generation, the, the, the generations I was raised up in, gone. And we're in a sexual revolution now. I mean, so many sex scandals, and God knows America's lost its morals, its, its standards. I can't believe what's going on. I, I just read this, listen to you this week. The state of Maine is going to pass a law that if a child can make it to their border, into the state, they can have that sex change without the parents' permission. And they'll take care of it. Man, i tell you now what in the world is going on. We are witnessing, you know, the downfall of America. And it, God knows my soul. And movies, television, yep. magazines, just saturated with immorality. And, and, but I'm going to tell you now, God placed boundaries on sex. And here they are. Here it is. Sex is to be within the bonds of holy matrimony. The only time is between marriage. And, and so anything else is either fornication or, or adultery. One or the other. And it's a black sin. Very black sin. Let me, I want, let me show you how black it is. All right? I want to show you. 1 Corinthians 6. Turn over there to 1 Corinthians. If you've got a Bible, I want you to see this. I don't know. If, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I want you to see this. This is how black this sin is. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And verse number 18, it says, flee fornication. Forn fornication is, is a, when a single man is not married, commits ad adultery. And, you know, it's, both are adultery. It's forbidden. It's to be in the confines of marriage. It says, now watch this. Every sin that a man doeth, is without the body. But he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. Now think about that. Of all the sins is committed is outwardly. But this sin is to the body. That you go, and so you commit adultery, it's it's a black sin, it's gonna it's gonna stain your conscience. And it's going to be in your memory the rest of your life. You can be forgiven, but there's all, every sin can be forgiven except the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. But this sin is going to lay with you. So listen, keep yourself pure. It's a forgivable sin. You can be forgiven to understand that. But it's a sin against the body. It is. God, I think about David. David was a womanizer. Yep. He really was. That's the reason, you know, and when he, and when, I, I preached this before. I showed you in the scripture he had a loathsome disease. Probably some kind of VD disease that he had. And so this is a black sin. Black sin. And thank God, Joseph, we, we got an example in the Word of God. He and I'll tell you what now, we're in a generation right now, I'm going to give you all some statistics. 
Listen to this. America makes up 6%, 6, S-I-X, 6% of the world's population. We're approaching 8 billion people on this earth. 50% of the family breakups happen in the 6%. That's how America's, Satan is destroying it. Immorality is a, is a sin. It's a sin. God, Satan wants to destroy the family That's institution. That's why the sex changes is happening to little boys and little girls. It's an attack on the home. Home is the oldest institution on this earth. Older than the church. And so God wants to protect the home. So we must as parents and grandparents teach our children you know that you to keep yourself pure to, to the day that you marry. To the day that you marry. Alright? Now folks uh, I don't know. Where did this start with? Where did all this start? Now Joseph was a he had a godly character, but it says in verse six that he was well favored. Now what does that mean? Joseph was well favored. He was a good looking man. He had that uh, that complexion, probably jet black hair, muscled up. He was a hunk, <laughs> you know. So she so. She, it, how did it start? She cast her eyes. She cast her eyes upon him. Now I want you to see both sides of this now. From Potiphar's wife's side. Now the Bible says the eyes is the windows to the soul. It is the eyes. Eve saw that the fruit was good to, for food. And and she desired it. She saw, she took. She partook. Achan saw the wedge of gold. Yeah. He saw and took and he hid it in the sand under the tent there. So that's the evolution of sin right there. Eyes. You have to be careful what you see. Yeah. We're to turn, <laughs> look. <laughs> uh, a lot of times when I... Especially if I go to the beach, I have to turn my eyes. Keep turning my eyes. I'm dead. I'm dead to myself. I'm dead to myself. Cause, Lord, have mercy. When the female form is exposed, you know, with just a few clothes on. And so, I don't know what was all going on in, in this household here, but she probably dressed probably flimsy. She She's wanting him. You know, the Bible says, woe to him that committed sin. But woe to him who cometh by. So that's the reason that we're supposed to dress decent. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, dressed in modesty. Uh, that we not tempt anyone. Right. And we're, we're to be careful of the things that we say and do. We're to be good stewards yeah. of our mouth. Yeah, Ste- good stewards what we say. Yeah. Now, so uh, in the bonds of Marriage. I want to show you another verse now. I want everybody to see this verse. 
It's in Exodus chapter 3. Exodus, the book of Exodus chapter 3. I, I want to. Exodus chapter 3. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Now, I, I see the letter E here. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, please. I'm sorry about that. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. All right, everybody there? Okay, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I want to read verse number uh, 14. He says, I know that whatsoever God doeth. Now, it means what it says. Whatever God does, whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can put, be put to it, anything taken from it. God doeth it that men should fear before God. Now, God made man a man, right? And He made a female a female. What right do we have to change that what God has done? And so, ladies and gentlemen, this thing about and it's all over America. It's indoctrinated into the school system now. That if you, you know, rather than teaching, they're indoctrinated. They give little girls, little boys a chance. Are oh, you going to be a girl to, you, to the boy? And to the, and to the boy, you going to be a girl? What does it say? Whatever God does, it shall be forever. Yes. So why alter what God has done? And so it's an attack on the home, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I'm trying to draw in your mind. It's, a, it's an attack against the home. God's oldest institution. And He loves the home. And, and so that's what we're saying. She, so she cast her eyes upon Him. And well, because of His well favor, she was driven. You know, her shameful, sinful lust. Her desires were urgent and violent too, you know. And notice in verse 10 it says, Day by day she began to wear on him. That's the same thing that happened to Samson. Remember Samson? Did his secret to his strength with his long hair, uh, never a razor been put to his head? And they couldn't figure out why he was so strong and the Philistine wanted to know he was so strong. Remember, he took the gates of Gaza and put them up on a mountain. He caught 300 fox. How can a man do that? He's swift to catch 300 fox and tie firebrands to the tail and set the world on fire. But Delilah, they paid Delilah money to find out what his strength is. Couldn't he kill all the men with the jawbone of an ass? Some 200 and something men with the jawbone of an ass? And so Delilah began to press down on one in her bedroom chambers and wear him down. And you have lied to me three times, she told Samson. What is the secret? 
And she finally wore him down and said, no razor has been up on my head. Well, the Philistine come with money in the hand <laughs> and cut his hair. He got a haircut in the devil's barbershop. <laughs> right? And lost his strength. And so, ladies and gentlemen, you know, if the devil don't give up, he'll, he'll want to wear people down on something. Brother Gary, from what you said a while ago in the Sunday school class, get thee behind me, Satan. That's what we need to say over yes. and over yes. and over again. Yes. Got to turn your head. Yeah. Turn your head. So Joseph, he, he endeared. He endeared. We count them happy which endeared. Have you not heard of the patience of Job and seen the end of the Lord, that the law, end of the Lord was of great pity and tender mercy? We're going to have to endure. And this generation, it ain't going to get no better. It's not going to get better. So we're going to have to keep ourselves pure. This period. Guard your heart. Watch what you see. What goes into your mouth. What you touch. We've got five senses. And all of them lead to the heart. All five senses. And we're to be good stewards. Good stewards. Even all the mysteries of God, the Bible says. We're stewards of His Word. We got to... The Word of God, it got to be precious to us. Amen. We all like food. I like fried chicken. I <laughs> ate a good hamburger last night. You know, and I like banana pudding. A lot of things I like. But you know what Job said? He said, I esteemed the words of your mouth more than necessary food. We've got to have a vital connection to this book, Amen. folks, to keep yourself pure. Wow. You've got to. Got to. Amen. So God help us. So, well, you know, I want to say, we don't, I don't see very many young people here today, but, but I would say, you know, here's a good illustration of virtue and chastity here. Yes. It really is a, that whereby God's grace enabled him to overcome this temptation because listen God the devil is sneaky when you start compromising a little here a little there he's going to wear you down to your weakness to where he can hit you with the big temptation you won't be ready and you'll act on impulse if you're an impulsive person you're in trouble you're going to be in if you if you're an impulsive person you know, you can, somebody can ring your bell and you say things you ought not to say. Don't be that way. Yeah. Be a good steward of your mouth, your thinking. Yeah. All the things of God is required of a steward to be found faithful to the Lord. God help us. And I, I just want to remind you now. I, I tell you what. I want you turn to, if you would, to Job chapter 31. This is... You know, this problem with the eyes is as old as the hill. Uh, in the book of Job, chapter 31, I love this. Matter of fact, I've done it. I've done just this very thing. What a passionate scripture right here. The, I love this right here. Listen to this. This is, I mean, this is not very far from the flood. Job was living in the days of Abraham. It said, uh, verse 31, 
Job said, I made a covenant with my eyes. And y'all are looking at a man this morning that done that. I had to. Because my eyes would get me in trouble. A lot of ways. Not just, you know, in, I mean, I had to quit going around car lots growing up because I wanted, I wanted that truck. I wanted, you know, when to change, you know, I, I had to, because I'd get in debt. I made a covenant with my eyes because you look at something, you want it. A lot of things is enticing. It gets you in trouble. I made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? Reason it out. Now every sin, especially this sin, it's a black sin. It's against God. Remember David? When his preacher come to see him, Nathan, and pointed it out, what did he say? I have sinned against God. For what portion of God is there from above and what inheritance of the Almighty from on high is not destruction to the wicked and a strange punishment to the workers of iniquity? Doeth not he see my ways and count all my steps? If I have walked in vanity or if my foot has haste to deceit, let me be weighed in an even balance that God may know my integrity. That's a brave prayer right there. To be weighed in the scrupulous, even scrupulous scales of God. If my steps have turned out of the way and my heart walketh after mine eyes, and if any blot hath Cleave to my hands. Then let me sow and let another eat. Yea, let my offspring be rooted out. In other words, this is, this is a brave prayer that, he, that Job is praying. Now remember he had seven sons and seven daughters. Now, and so he, he's praying here. Now if my heart have been deceived by a woman... Or if I have laid wait at my neighbor's door, then let my wife grind unto another and let others bow down unto her. For this is a heinous crime. Yea, it is a, an equity to punish by the judges. So what Job is asked to do is better think it through. Think things through. Man perish for the lack of thought, the Bible says. Oh, Lord, keep your heart pure. Keep your heart pure. Well, you know, the conscious, your conscious is a citadel, meaning that your conscious, the devil wants it and God wants it. There's a battle after the conscious. Yeah. And so as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Well, well, all five senses, you need to be a good steward of all five senses. And so, you know, all of all sins, it says, is to out except adultery. It's to the body. 
And so if, you, if you've already committed adultery, I'm, ask God to forgive you. You can be forgiven, but don't. He told Jesus, told the woman, remember, go and sin no more. That's what he said. So don't do it no more. And so, all right. Well, uh, you know, let, let's, let's, talk, let's think about Joseph now, what was right in his life. You know, I believe that the best thing that sums it up to me in the Joseph's life, and, and, and I want you to just, you figure it out with me. The greatest sermon that's ever been preached on this earth was preached by the greatest teacher, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And he gives the, the characteristic of a Christian in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is heaven. Pure in, the poor in spirit. You know, we're made rich because of Christ becoming poor. Leaving the glory and the splendor of heaven and becoming poor down here. He had nowhere to lay his head. That through his poverty, coming to him, we may be made rich may be rich and and so a man that comes to Christ must come poor in spirit and he'll be made rich in spirit blessed are the pure in spirit for they shall for for theirs is is a heaven blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted Lord he now listen he forgave his brother he mourned matter of fact he cried Joseph cried he mourned about the relationship with his brothers uh, when they uh, got together, blessed are the meek. Meek is when you're under control. Yes. You be, like a horse has been meeked. You know, a horse has been meeked. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And the saints of God is going to inherit this earth. Mm-hmm. We studied that on Wednesday night about the thousand year millennial reign. The saints is going to inherit this earth. And because you're under, you can be over. And so that's, I see these qualities, all these qualities I see in Joseph's life. He was blessed, he hunger and thirst after righteousness, for for they shall be filled. Listen, everything that Joseph did was under the auspices of God. He was well favored. God opened doors for him. He took it. Blessed are the merciful. He was merciful. Joseph was full of compassion. He forgave his brother. That was a terrible thing they'd done to him, but he forgave him. Blessed are the pure in heart. Uh, So, you know, that's that's what we're looking at today. The pure in heart, for they shall see God. And the more pure you get, the more pure your heart gets, you know, the Bible says in 1 John 3, 3, Whosoever hath this hope purifies his own heart, even as he is pure. Yeah. When you put your hope on your eternal home, because we're just passing through here, the Bible says you set your affection on things that are above, not on things on this earth. That slowly but surely your heart will be purified. 
Put God first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things shall be added unto you. My soul. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called the children of God. Peacemakers. Those that esteem others better than yourself. Those that will help others. To come to know Christ. And then it puts the icing on the cake. Saying blessed are they that are persecuted and for my name's sake and that's endurance and our friend we're going to have to in the days ahead of us is this world ain't getting no better it's not then we as God's people got to endure we must learn to endure because I don't care it may be from God's hand to your mouth before it's over with but we'll always, we'll always have something to eat. We'll have a shelter and we have clothes. Those are three basic fundamental needs. Something to eat. Shelter. Get out of the weather. Clothes to wear. That's the fundamental needs that's promised to every one of us. By the Lord himself. And so would to God that we would make every effort to be a good steward of God. Be submissive. Yes. Submissive to one another. Love one another. Okay? Yes.